Let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 294 with a review of Neighbors. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. And this week, we are braving the partying neighbors that we all have and uh, bringing you a review of this film. Um, you know, we all, the three of us have a baby together. Yeah. And yes. Three men, three and, men a and a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, life's just a little bit crazy. We just bought this new house that uh, we use as a studio. And these damn frat boy neighbors are I know, just partying. I, mean, I think I speak for Chris and Carson when I say I never thought I could love anything so much as this little ball of joy. And I never <laughs> thought I could hate anyone so much as this hunky Disney Channel star. Yeah. Store. <laughs> who just keeps throwing raunchy parties all the time. Right. And a Franco brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of millions. <laughs> How many are there for reals? I think there's only two. Okay. It seems, including... it seems like they're the bald ones where there's like eight of them or whatever. <laughs> no, because they're just in everything. Yeah. They're just in a lot of things. Well, so D- Dave, right, is his name? Dave Franco, yeah. yeah. So he's okay. been pretty good at picking comedies so far. I don't know if he just got to like bootstrap off of Seth Rogen and James Franco's bromance or something. Yeah, like he was in like the Jump Street movie, right? He's in yeah. this movie. Yeah. I feel like I've seen him in a bunch of things lately. Well, remember he had the he first showed up in Superbad where he was the guy that Jonah Hill was like, "Yeah, you peed your pants in eighth grade," and he's like, "That was like seven years ago, bro." Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, a little cameo there. Do they ever work together? Who? The the Francos, the Frank guy. He... Yeah, I think they're <laughs> in a movie together. Or. Obviously, it's really memorable. Yeah, yeah, it was very memorable. Obviously, <laughs> no, I remember they did like a funnier die thing together. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if like he made. Have. I wonder if he made an appearance in Pineapple Express. Let's I don't see. think he did. Oh, Car- Carson's busting I'm out busting the out internet IMDb Google right searches. I'm already busting it out too. Oh, okay. Oh, snap! <laughs> I'm busting it out too, but it has nothing to do with it's searching. It's a race to Dave Franco's IMDb page. All right. Well, while while you guys are both uh, researching that, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping and uh, tell everybody listening to the podcast that uh, we are going to be launching a new site soon. Um, And during the process of that, we are going to be moving feeds to a new location. So at the point that this episode is released, the feeds will be in parity with each other. So they'll be like, you know, the new feed in the correct location and the old feed in the old location. If you are subscribed in iTunes, it won't matter because... You know, I can put some little code inside of the feed that will force iTunes to look to a new place, and then you guys will all be good and happy. I have no idea whether, you know, your podcast aggregator on your phone or your iDevice or whatever is going to look at that URL and, uh, you know, resend you to the correct place. So I will be playing around over, you know, the course of the next couple episodes as we release, trying to figure out how to get everybody switched over to the correct new feed. Um, So... Don't worry about it quite yet. Just know that it's happening, and we will have links on the site that send you the new um, URLs and stuff. So just just be looking forward to that. If not forward to, but just it's it's coming down the pipe, literally d- down the internet tube pipes. Yes. Um, new feeds are coming out there, and we want to get you over to that because if suddenly out of nowhere there are no more episodes for like a month, it probably means you got left on the old feeds that disappeared. So there you go. 
Did I, either of you oh. figure out the answer to the question? Uh, yeah, um, he was not in Pineapple Express or anything else that I can tell with well, James Well, according Franco. to IMDb, he had a role in Milk, which I don't remember. Really? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Telephone Tree is Who's the role. Who's Telephone Tree? I was don't have no tree? idea. He was a tree in Milk? <laughs> that's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Hmm. But uh, also it says he was in the film, which I didn't see. But he was in Charlie St. Cloud, so apparently this yeah. is a reunion of sorts. Yeah, he was also in uh, in the worst season of Scrubs, so he's got that going for him. Oh, was that the one where they were like the interns or whatever? But yeah, the one where they were supposed to have ended, and then yeah, the that, was, that was pretty terrible. But, you know, then he went on to make the wonderful Cougar Town, so I know, I know hey, he really hit a stride. Money talks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, now that we've had our, our, our you know, Franco We've cracked brothers, the Franco code. Um, mm-hmm. Information learning session. We've talked to you about the new feeds that are coming. We've done our due dil- diligence to, you know, like, inform the public out there. Now we have to do one more job of informing the public to see whether or not they should go out and see Neighbors this weekend. So, you guys ready to get into this review? Yeah. After a segue like that, I think we have to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't, uh, can't protest against that. <laughs> no matter how well you can dance in 3D. Yes. Yeah. Even no, how, no matter how well I'm popping and locking. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for the, or Neighbors and then come back and give you our review. Look over here, sweetie. Smile. <laughs> we're making a Stella calendar. Smile, Heisenberg. She's eating a lot of that blue stuff. What is that? It's just Gatorade. Okay, good. You guys have to come out. I haven't seen you in forever. I really need to get out of the house. We can have fun here. This is delightful. We should get one of these above our bed. Look, new neighbors. Oh. What do we got? Is that a fraternity? We have to go over there. We've got to be cool. And we say, by the way, keep it down. Well, we won't say it like that. Just like, keep it down. What are you doing with this? Keep it down. Just don't, we've overworked it. Just wanted to say welcome to the hood. You're welcome. Also, if you could maybe just... Keep it down. Anyway. Make sure if we're too noisy, call me first. Don't call the cops. Okay. Okay. I'll go tell them to... Yeah. Are you ready for a show? Call the cops. I almost seem so lame. Do it anonymously. It's a good idea. They do our dirty work for us. Oh, no. You sold us out. You called about your neighbors? No. We have call ID. The cops. Everybody has call ID. You guys just woke a sleeping giant. Welcome to the darkness, bitches. Even the frat broke into the car and stole all the airbags. So weird. Why would they just break in and steal the airbags? I don't know. We should follow police. Delta Psy has the upper hand. We're throwing a Robert De Niro party. Should be pretty loud. You called the cops. You violated the circle of trust, Parker. Just go. You're upsetting Jinxie Cat. This is our home. It's our home. We're having a hard time hanging on to our balls. They're so big. I'm a mama bear. Claws are out. Yeah. I have a darkness inside of me, and you will see it. Dude, we missed the airbag. What do you got there, sweetie? Is that a balloon? That's not a balloon! Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Her mouth is going to be a little bit numb from the lubricant. Other than that, you guys are free to go. Do you guys want the condom to take with you? I don't know if you still want to use it. 
Okay, so you just listened to the trailer for Neighbors. Uh, this is a story of a couple who, you know, buy their first house, they have a child, you know, everything is super great. They're being, they're being adults, like life is so grand. And, uh, you know, these new neighbors come into the house. And what do you know? They got a bunch of Greek letters and a bunch of like oh, half naked ladies and a bunch of like honky men. And uh, lo and behold, it is a frat. And they are staying in the house and having crazy parties. And, you know, when you're trying to be adults and have a baby and go to bed at a reasonable hour, you can't have people partying next door. So a war... When you have a job. Yeah. A war breaks out between the frat and this couple. And uh, the film is, you know, this this little romp into what happens when you start a war with a, with a fraternity and <laughs> uh, try to take back your streets from this party. I mean, don't you do that every every day, every weekend, Chris? Uh, totally. I mean, there's a, I know the fraternity, the Mother's Day fraternity across the street, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually go into uh, new frats and try to haze them. Like I don't, I don't even want to be a part of that group. But I just, I just try to haze like, them. Who the hell is this guy? Like he's just some random dude. Like no, I smack you with paddles. They're like, make like, you eat glass. I'm the owner of this fraternity, bitch. You know that's actually how the uh, the prequel to Saw. I don't know if you saw it yet. <laughs> it was actually a hazing. Uh, hazing terror story dude I, ten dollars says that'll be the the reboot of saw i would believe it actually it would be in set in a college uh or fraternity at the, at, yeah at the very least it is a hazing thing and the guy gets in there somehow yeah like, like uh, this hazing ritual turns dark or, or they do it where it's like a prequel and it's like jigsaw in college and oh. he's just <laughs> killing people i just Jigs- made myself sick this sounds terrible <laughs> we don't want to upset uh steven's stomach it might mm. be the cold curry that the, you're the eating the cold curry yeah, might it, yeah, come I back am eating cold panang curry for breakfast is it so, cold cold curry concoction I, I'm, I'm having cold curry with beef and black coffee so that's my breakfast so i'm feeling pretty good all right it's yum well speaking mm. of feeling pretty good carson i'm feeling pretty good i mean i i laugh very hard at neighbors uh i'm not gonna lie i uh i mean i've said it before but i, I mean i'm a fan of seth rogan i don't think i've ever gone into one of his films and not laughed, uh, even if the movie this itself. Is 40? This is forty. Well, he wasn't in this is forty. Oh, oh, so. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, funny people. Funny people. Yeah, I like funny people. Um, most of his films, like I, I generally enjoy because he brings just like a, you know, a, a unique uh, comedic spin to everything. The Green uh, Hornet. I, I like the Green Hornet too, okay. man. I thought it was entertaining. You did not like the Green I Hornet. Did. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, anyway, I, I, he's still, even if the movie isn't like superior, I think, uh, you know, he's still funny in it. And, uh, <laughs> I think, I think neighbors is a worthy comedy. Like, I, I think that it, it is very funny. It's consistently funny. Uh, it's very relatable too. I think that, you know, um, old people will find it very funny and relatable and younger <laughs> college age people will find it very funny and relatable. I was trying to figure out which one you relate to, Carson. <laughs> I, I, I think I, but I think I fall somewhere, uh, you know, in the middle because like you, you know, as a, an adult now, like I, I have a job and, you know, I have to wake up early and go to it. I don't have a child, uh, that I know of. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, you have to get up and go to work and like, if, there's ruckus happening if there's like my my girlfriend she had a nightclub put under her apartment and if you have like shit like that going on where you're just like i want to sleep you know and and uh yeah like you don't want uh you don't want to deal with that it's just annoying um so you know the scene like the scene in this movie like where they first start partying and it's just that like boom boom it's like the 
the super base going and like uh you know all the all the shenanigans start happening on that first night and it's like i i know that feeling because like it's it's just really annoying to just where you just want to be like i just want to sleep and be a normal person because i have to wake up and do normal adult things Mm -hmm. uh so yeah and then obviously uh there's that there's they they kind of explore the whole idea you know because seth rogan rose burns character they're they're adults but they're you know they're they're younger adults like they're young parents and they kind of are like putting the their uh their youth behind them even though they still kind of feel like yeah like we still want to go out and have fun but we have our kid and you know it's hard to do that so like i think you know at first in the movie they they explore like you know at first they they're kind of enticed by having the fraternity live next door to them they think it might be like uh something that will spice up their life and they might have a little fun with them but then they realize that no it's uh most likely going to be hell <laughs> and uh so hold on a second what aspect of it do you think that they for like because in the movie that i watched i don't know maybe we saw different versions of neighbors but like from the moment that van or the the moving truck starts being unloaded they're like this is a bad idea no 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 i think it's pretty much like 99 percent a bad idea but i i feel like that you they, know, they, they think it might be fun they think, think it might like in the back of their head they might they're thinking because they go through those scenes in the beginning where their friends call them up. They're like, come out, you know, partying with us. And they, they want to, but really they can't because they're parents now. So I feel like that they're, they're kind of, they kind of have that, you know, youthful essence still in them. And they, they're trying, you know, they, they want to still have fun, but they can't. Uh, but I think the majority of it is, yeah, like I'm an adult and I have a child and a job and I would like to, not lose my sanity yeah but uh you know and i think on on the flip side it kind of explores the themes of which you don't really see a lot in these college comedies is you know the the leader of the fraternity is like questioning his like role in life you know where he's realizing that you know zach efron is realizing that dave franco is like actually smart and he's like going off onto like job interviews and stuff Mm -hmm. and he's just kind of coming to the terms that like yeah like i'm just kind of dumb and i'm just gonna be like i'm basically gonna be like a male model yeah i spent my whole life trying to be attractive and that's all i can do now like i can't coast off my looks anymore like i might actually have to do something united nations (laughs) (laughs) like i might actually have to do something you know i think that i think that was a a nice twist to the whole (laughs) there's that scene where it's like it's like oh you want to come work to at&t what do you guys do (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty awesome but uh, yeah, like I think that was a nice twist to have that because you you really don't uh, see that in these kind of movies. So uh, and I thought I thought Zac Efron was very funny in this. Like I I think he deserves uh, all the praise because he was giving a very like coked out performance, uh, and apparently he was on coke in real life. But uh, you know that was personal things. Well, I feel- it's it's one funny thing though about like the I I don't know whether his performance is amazing or bad in in the same context of his character's like presence in the film because Mm. like in in the one sense the franco brothers like out acting him like across the board but his character is kind of supposed to be that way and yeah so i can't tell whether like 
<laughs> whether Franco is just like I can't tell whether the character's written to be less like you know what I'm saying like you were just talking about like the intelligence level the difference between those right, two characters yeah. and mm-hmm. it's almost like like in the scene where they're having the the De Niro party yeah um, like the the you know Zac Efron's like impression is like not even an impression he's not no, even trying yeah. at all and Dave Franco's actually pretty damn good he's pretty <laughs> yeah, like, good like it's yeah. a very very good impression but I, I think that was the whole joke because and I think it was very uh, deliberate that. Efron was dressed up as taxi driver De Niro because I feel like his character is somewhat like the De Niro character. The taxi like he, character. he is this like psychopath underneath it all. Like there's, I feel like he brings like this weird dramatic intensity to the role, even though he's like being very funny. Like the scene where he confronts Franco and he's like, what was all that whispering? He's like, I don't know, dude, you're just a really good actor. Like they're all freaking out. Like I feel like that, <laughs> There's something like about his performance in that where he just looks like he's has psycho eyes. There's just like there's deadness behind him. I think he'd have at the very least he was good at hamming it up and bringing energy to the role that he was supposed right. to have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he def- he played it perfectly. Whether uh, perfect is strong, but you know whether in real life Dave Franco probably is a better actor than him. But um, <laughs> I think I think he was exactly the character he was supposed to be in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I've seen Efron in other like horrible movies, like New Year's Eve, and he was clearly the best part of that. Like he was bringing. Well, for you. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was like bringing actual energy to something that was stillborn. So mm-hmm. you know, he clearly knows how to <laughs> reanimate life. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I thought everyone's. I thought Rose Byrne was very funny too. She has like a lot of really good scenes. Uh, yeah, I, I won't say, but I think you know. Yeah, I think you know what the funniest scene in this movie was. <laughs> I, it could be anything. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Let's just say I had milk on my cer- cereal for breakfast this morning. <laughs> Uh, I was really thinking there was going to be a more clever segue going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought so, too. It was utterly delightful. It was utterly delightful, yes. That that, that joke was 2% executed correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and also the guy who played their friend, Ike Barinholtz, like from M- or not MTV, Mad TV, and he was and also on Eastbound and Down. Like that he's, dude's he's on The New too. Girl, too, right? As this like creepy, creepy dude. Is he? Not, not New Girl, sorry, Mindy Project. Oh, Mindy, I, have, I, don't, I haven't watched it. Yeah, so. I, I choose not to watch it, but I'm pretty sure I've seen him on but it But you watch it secretly. Yeah, secretly I watch it. <laughs> yes. He puts it on while he's doing other things. Yeah, you know. <laughs> like eating cold curry. That's how, that's how Chris like watched uh, Don't Be the Bee in Apartment 23 or whatever. <laughs> don't trust the bee in Apartment 23. That's how Chris watched the whole no, season. Okay. For, for the record, and I've said this on the podcast, I watched the pilot, Yeah. and then Hulu just kept going... And then after I mean, that night, I didn't watch another episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so I did putting, watch five episodes, but yeah, yeah they keep putting <laughs> no, but cocaine in front of you. You just do it, you know, like that's how it goes. Yeah, really, I was just trying to support Hulu and give them ad revenue. <laughs> yeah, no, they're hurting. They need something. Oh, they're they're hurting bad. Hey, you know, they just announced that they're going to go uh, that you won't need the subscription to watch on mobile devices. Um, you'll still be limited to you know the the five free episodes that you get for every show or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently. You'll oh, be able I to see. you'll be able to watch without a subscription, nice. which is pretty cool. All right, um, HBO, you're next. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I um, just, just get the the password from someone else. Yeah, do what shady people do. Yeah, exactly. Like get not, it from your, that's get it the password from less Yuri. shady than anything anybody else. Does. <laughs> get, the, 
I give you I give you a Geiger counter and HBO Go password. Let's uh, I make deal with you. The, the, this episode of the podcast is what I imagine all Apatow produced movies are like when you're doing scenes where it just devolves into like back and forth and back and forth. And maybe Chris is gonna keep a couple. And eventually it turns into something, but they won't use like half of it. Yeah. Eventually it turns into a penis joke. Exactly. Yeah. The thing is, I'm not gonna edit. The stuff I know. Out of this Speaking of penises, Stephen, why don't you uh, put yours away and then tell us what you thought of this? Stop movie. making your dildo. That was kind uh, of a dick mold. move. Uh, okay. Don't do the dildo mold. It's your turn. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of conflicted about this movie. I thought it it had some very very funny moments. Um, I was actually impressed with a lot of it. There there were some very self aware kind of meta humor going on here about the stereotypes the characters are playing, where they're clearly hamming it up and occasionally even pointing things out. It, it felt very community-ish to me, almost, where if you watch that show, um, when ridiculous plot lines are going on, there's always a moment where the characters seem to recognize and will make some comment about, like, hey, we are just douchey frat guys, or hey, rhyming, just saying rhyming words, like, that doesn't do anything. Why would that matter? Yeah, um, yeah. There were a lot of scenes like that that I really cracked up at. I mean, things to do with the baby, especially towards the end, uh, dressing up, uh, the De Niro scene that we talked about, the riff that Carson mentioned, uh, the final moment with Zac Efron I thought was really <laughs> awesome, awesomely done. Um, pretty much any, most scenes between Zac Efron and Dave Franco I thought were executed really nicely. Like, they're, they're clearly turning into a pretty good set of comic voices which is a uh, surprising i wouldn't i wouldn't have expected that from them actually yeah uh, but i thought their characters were really well done um some parts also fell just completely completely flat to me uh most things other than the aforementioned scene uh with seth rogan and rose Byrne, for instance yeah their dynamic just was not working for me much at all. It was like a five-year engagement type dynamic. Like, I just couldn't feel it, really. All right. The the party scenes where I think you're supposed to be having a good time watching them go crazy, taking shrooms like Rogan did in Knocked Up, uh, things like that. I feel like you're supposed to be having a lot of fun watching it, but I wasn't really cracking up at that. It, It felt more like a like 21 and over or 21 and up, whatever that movie is, where it's like <laughs> trying to show ridiculous partying as the end all be all of, oh, this is funny on its own. And yeah. that stuff didn't work for me. Some of the riffing, the Apatow style of like making it drag on way too long, like the bros before hose rhyming scene. I don't think I even like cracked a smile during that. Uh, so it, it isn't that these scenes are terrible or that they ruin a movie, but this felt like, it felt like people with some very funny ideas and some not very funny ideas and no filter on which which would work and which wouldn't work. Like, just stapling together a bunch of other things. Which is how I felt about things like Role Models and I Love You, Man, which are also movies that I I enjoyed quite a bit. But they, whatever that secret is that things like uh, like Superbad managed to unlock, the this film didn't seem to get that. Like, whenever it would have a really funny moment, it would follow it with a pretty dumb joke or, like, a, st- a string of, you know, dick jokes or something like that that just didn't work for me very much. Yeah. Um, like I said before, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne, I-, I think both individually were quite funny. As a couple, they're probably the least believable Rogen romance, which is saying something because he's always paired with people who are better than him. Um, 
but th- this one I really couldn't I couldn't see how it would work. I could uh, see it happening. Have you seen uh, Rogan's uh, wife in real life is is pretty good, attractive. Uh, who is he married to in real life? I didn't. Uh, Lauren Miller. She was. She's only been in like one movie. She was in that for for a good time call with Ari Greener. Mm. Uh, but I mean, I think she's pretty attractive. I think that I think Seth Rogen gets get someone as attractive as Roseburg. <laughs> That's my my point. Maybe, maybe. I, if I just it, mean if more it was that... like Adam Sandler and Kate Beckinsale and Click, then yes, okay, that's a yes, that seems like a little bit of a fantasy, but <laughs> yeah, not to diss <laughs> Adam Sandler, but I th- mean, th- this is more than just saying like, how does the chubby dude get the attractive girl? Yeah, th- this is like something. Their dynamic felt stilted to me. It, it was the only one that felt very clearly scripted by people who were not them. Whereas, like, like Zac Efron and Dave Franco, their bromance felt completely believable to me. Well, like, I mean, Charlie St. Cloud, they clearly formed yeah, a bond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an unbreakable bond. I, I, I thought they're... <laughs> I, I don't know. It just... Every time the movie started to really pick up and I would have some solid laughs for, like, five minutes, six minutes, then they would bust out, like, a, a dildo joke or some really clunky thing. Or, I, I, I don't know. It was very uneven to me when I watched it. I do have to say, though, I just read that Zac Efron broke his hand during the scene where he fights Dave Franco, and he got it <laughs> emergency surgery secretly that day so he could still shoot tomorrow. So that's pretty badass. Huh. So that's I, pretty I good. give him credit for it. I thought you were going to say he broke his hand during, like, the dildo fight or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been more but, hilarious. No, that's an example, though. The dildo fight had me cracking up. The <laughs> that was scene, pretty funny. Even though I predicted it, I like, I actually... I mean, anyway, but yeah. the scene Yeah, this has to be more than than for earning ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the scene the scene where they do earn ten thousand dollars, I didn't even crack a smile. I, I thought that think. was funny. Uh, that, to to I, me I, that I, was I, an I, example. I thought the idea the the idea of it was funny that they tried to f with them and then they turned it back on them and was like, Well, we just made money off this to fix it. Well I for me that scene was I was more like it's one of those things where where I, I I watch it and I view it exactly for what it is and try to think about in real life how girls would be coming to this frat house to buy molds of the, the guy's yeah, dicks. It's not like, going to happen. Well, no, I mean, like, even if it was going to happen, I'd be very much questioning <laughs> those chicks who are going there I to mean, buy those. I mean, they're pretty skanky. Like, Let's... like... I, it's fine if you're a chick and you want to go out and buy a dildo. That's totally cool. That, no, that's, we're fine with it. Like, yes. like, I have no problem. Again. But the fact that you're going to a frat house and choosing from the boys there, which of the... Like, you're just like, oh, I'll buy that guy's dick. Like, it's just... There's something about that that is yeah. or very, very this strange. This clearly doesn't pass the Bechdel test, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> or we should classify that even doesn't if... does the, the Bechdel test, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> Or we should also say that even if you're a guy, totally okay to use a dildo. Like Louis C.K. tried to buy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first episode of Louis. Yeah, for those who haven't this caught season. up on the new episode. Yeah. Oh. Um, anyway, it maybe the best way I can say it is at the peak, this was a funny movie at the where it played with the frat guy stereotypes and the you know married couple stereotypes very well with like a good wink and everybody's having a great time. At the lowest, it felt like it was what it was stereotyping. Like, it was just frat guy humor at times, where it's just like, oh, look, penises, dildos, ha, ha, ha. And, you know, big party scenes, ha, ha, isn't this great? They're taking drugs, they're acting funny. And those just didn't mesh for me. It felt too good to stoop to some of the lowbrow stuff that it did. 
I, I felt like it could have been better given all the people involved and how clearly funny and self-aware they are. So I give it, I give it an okay. Chris, what did you think? All right. So, um, where should I try to tackle this movie from? Um, from behind. From the behind. Balcony. All right. Um, well, no, it, it's so the you know the the meta comment you were you were talking about, Stephen. I I don't know if I completely picked up on that as a whole from the film in general. Like like I wasn't like I I can agree with different moments you're talking about, but I was kind of concentrating more on a different meta aspect of the film that I thought was kind of interesting, and that is more. Uh, um, you know, you were talking about how uh, Zach Efron and Dave Franco are like, you know, they're they're becoming these like pretty decent like comedy people, and mm-hmm. in the course of the film, the the whole idea from the frat standpoint is that uh, their frat house, like their their you know their bros, have across this line brought up this rise of these partiers and these great yeah. um, people and when you look at all the flashbacks like lonely islands in there and there's like yeah, all these yeah, different, they're all, yeah, yeah. They're all these Jake older Johnson was in there yeah they're like older they're, they're older groups comedians. of 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 comedy people and like now we have these two like younger guys who are coming up and like they're sort of like taking on the torch and trying to come out and become the the breakout partiers in their frat to leave their name on the board while at the same time like with you know, this in this movie, they're trying to come out of these big comedy leads and all this stuff. Like, so I kind of enjoyed that aspect of like the the film, like the characters within the film are going through a journey that the actors in real life are sort of been going through mm-hmm. recently. Um, so I kind of appreciated that. Um, so that was kind of cool. Just wanted to comment because when you're talking about the meta thing, that was the first yeah. thing I thought of. No, and- I could I, I couldn't quite recall. Definitely, that stuck with me too. Yeah. I, I thought that was interesting, and of course. The meaning of Seth Rogen being the one who's getting old and, hey, maybe I like adult stuff. I like serious things. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought there was some cool meta stuff going on there. Yeah, and, and, and I like that, but I, I don't think it was necessarily that, – that might have been a happy accident for the filmmakers. Mm. Um, there, there's a very good chance that they had no clue that they were doing that. Um, but I, I don't want to take away credit from them because if they were, then kudos to them for kind of like showing that aspect of it. Um, but I think for me in general, the film, like, um, I mean, to be completely honest, I didn't have the best movie watching experience with this film. Um, there just to, to briefly go through it. Um, there's this, there's this young woman who works at, uh, at the, you know, the ticket counter place mm-hmm. at the theater. And every time, like I always arrive at my movie, like at least 30 minutes before it starts. I like to get a good seat. I like to sit in there. Like to like rest, you know, sit on my phone, check mm-hmm. into Foursquare, watch do a bunch the, of stuff. Watch the Regal first. Yeah, watch first Regal thing. first look to see all these <laughs> terrible shows that I want to watch. Um, and uh, so I get there, and there's a two o'clock showing, and I'm arriving at two o'clock, and there's a two thirty-five showing. Um, actually, I was coming straight from something, so I was a little bit late for me. Still, plenty early for my movie. And uh, I'm like, oh, neighbors, two thirty-five showing, and it's the same woman, um, and. Every time that I go for a movie that's 30 minutes later than the one that's already starting, she always gives me this ticket um, for the one that has already started. Um, so, I mean, luckily, previews are a really long time, but I enter the movie like as one of the last previews are like going like the second it's like the the purge two or whatever it's like the very last trailer they're showing so i like walk into this crowded theater you know i walk all the way to the back row and like move over to the corner and i sit down i'm like i'm like okay clearly she gave me the wrong movie um but like you know i pulled up my ticket to make sure it's it's going to be neighbors it's just i'm like whatever this works out fine 
uh, I'm, you know, I get an extra half an hour of my day. So literally as the trailer is ending, the guy next to me takes a phone call <laughs> and he starts talking on his phone. And I was like, oh, like damn. dear God, what the hell is going on? So he starts talking. Luckily, by the time the movie actually starts, he's hung up his phone. But then like to the left of me, there's these like young ladies like giggling and like not like the movie is funny. I'm participating in it. Kind of dildos with like, them. Yeah, yeah, they're they're off on their in their own world, joking, having conversations about. So either way, not the perfect experience for watching this film. But you know, I'm trying. I'm I'm, I'm paying attention to it. I'm I'm smiling. I'm not really laugh out loud laughing. Um, I'm more kind of like like that's humorous. That's humorous. I'm enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. Like mm-hmm. I'm having a good time. But I think over overall, the film didn't really like have me rolling. Like if I if I was there with a bunch of people hanging out like vibing off of them i probably would have been laughing more like i don't think the film is stupid by any means um i just for me it wasn't like uh you know laugh a minute type i, I type definitely movie. recommend it at a 21 plus show if you happen to be able to by the way yeah no <laughs> it definitely I, helps i'm sure that would be much better um and i probably would have enjoyed it overall a lot more um but but i had a good time with it for me what i think is I'm not sure what this film wants to be because, you know, it, it, it starts with this whole, you know, as Carson was referencing, the, the film starts with this couple who clearly used to be partiers, used to have a good time, now experiencing their new life as homeowners, adults, uh, parents, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's really kind of throwing out these messages about how like, oh, like once you have a child, like everything's out the door and like nothing's fun anymore and you can't do shit. And like all your friends are going out partying, but you can't party because you got a child now. And it's like throwing out this weird message. And I, you know, the, the film is throwing out these theme, themes over and over during the course of the film. So you have, you have that message. Then you have, um, you know, like the whole thing with Zach Afron and, and Dave Franco about how like one of them is, is smart and going to do something with his life. And the other one is like just a pretty boy. And like he's he's not intelligent. Like, what is he going to do? And, you know, like th- there's a scene where like they're they're kind of having an argument together. And, and uh, you know, Franco says to, to Zach Afron, like, hey, like you're freaking out because you look at Seth Rogen and you see what you could be. Um, and there's nothing like we get no indication from the film like Zac Efron said have no reason to worry about not being Seth Rogen's character because all we see of Seth Rogen Rogen, Seth Rogen's character is that he has a wife and a baby and a job wasn't he saying that about the old lady though not about Seth Rogen's character what what old lady I thought it was about Seth Rogen I thought Dave Franco was referencing about something like Zac Efron was he was freaking out because of the the old lady who lived next door to them. I think he was talking about Seth Rogen and his yeah, wife. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, it was about okay. the family. Yeah. Yeah. But e- either way, like, it, it's... There's, like, these messages we're throwing out about, like... So, it, it's... To me, it was, like, very confused about what it was trying to do. And, you know, like, while... While I wasn't, like, super on board with This is 40, that is clearly a movie about yeah. what it's like to be getting older and how... I, yeah, I was going to say, this felt like it was stapling This is 40 with one of those more fun, action-y, like, 21 Jump Street type films. And I couldn't I couldn't feel which it went for because it didn't really pay off either of them that well. No, it, it didn't. And really, I think that's kind of my main complaint. Is like, what, what I wanted... Like, I was actually excited to see this movie... And 
what I was excited for is just the war between Seth Rogen and Zac Efron. Like this idea of like, you know, the frat boys are crazy on their own if they're not trying to wreak havoc. So what is going to happen when you stir up the hornet's nest and try to like fight? Like that's all I wanted from this movie. And I have no problem with it. Like trying to shoehorn in all these poignant films. There's, there's another comedy that we watched and when I say recently, I mean some time in the history of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but there was one where, like, there was... When Harry so- met Sally. Yes. No, yeah. No, but th- there was something we were watching where, like, it was just kind of a fun movie. And then all of a sudden, like, right at the end, it threw in all this, like, really heavy hand... Not Sorry, not heavy-handed, because that's, like, a negative connotation. But, like, it threw in these, like, themes that were, like, oh, like, holy... Like, out of nowhere, it, like, got really serious. And, like, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I, like, I... I like it when a movie can say something and, and make me feel a certain way or let me kind of vibe with it. But I just don't know what it's doing. And like, you know, you have, you know, our, our main couple are theoretically happy. They're just sad that they miss. Like, they don't even really complain about having a baby. The joke is just that, like, by the time they get ready to go out, they're too tired to go out. And it's it's less a less a man babies suck and like more like, whoa, being parenting is really hard. Um mm-hmm. And that's fine to have that theme in there. But then, like, at the end, when, like, there's, like, the other couple who's, like, so let's make a baby. And, like, it's it's so weird to see, like, this film bounce back and forth and, like, start trying to make a statement and then do absolutely nothing with it. And it's, I don't know, it's something about that really just kind of, like, it was, like, don't put it in your film if you have nothing to say about the subject. Just go, like, you know, balls to the wall, like, crazy antics and have fun with that. When you try to, like piece in all this stuff and like add these bits to the story arcs that don't go anywhere like uh, you know there's a fight that happens in the middle of this film and like it is the the shortest duration fight i have ever seen in Mm -hmm. any film that could even remotely come close to being a romantic comedy i thought that was totally fine but like there was no like yeah but that happens that happens that's happened to me in real life but but there's no there was no weight to like there there was like the actions that were taking place didn't correspond to the level of what yeah, the there was fight no, was yeah, there, but, there was no time between the conflict and the resolution that that yeah. kind of felt strange but i think you guys are looking at it as like it has more to say uh, but i don't think it does like i don't think it has the dramatic weight of something like knocked up well that, that, that's what i'm complaining about project. though like that's i'm mm-hmm. i'm agreeing with that statement but i'm saying yeah. that's a negative because it, it felt like they were setting it up to do that but i don't think they were going for that i don't think they ever in- intended to set out to do that well no it's clear that they didn't so it's like why are you shoehorning this in if all it's doing is like so basically they, they slow down the plot to shoehorn in this stuff and from there like so so Zach Efron's biggest concern is that like the the worst thing in the world that can happen to him even worse than like dying is to not make it on this board yeah um, of you know the hall of party hall of fame or yeah whatever. like yeah so there like there is a good 15 minutes of this movie that's devoted to him like moping about because he thinks he's not going to make it on this wall and I'm not going to spoil whether or not he does, but let's just say that, like, 15 minutes after that, it clearly, like, there, there's never a point in, t- like, in that moment, I kind of feel bad for his character. It, it's like in, in Pain and Gain when uh, Anthony Mackie, is that the... Yeah. 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 When, when, like, he, that, that character, like, ruined me in that movie because I felt so bad for him because, like, all he had was, like, I just want to be bigger and, like, it right. is, I yeah. re- like, he made me feel bad because I could feel his sorrow. And for a moment, I was like, oh, Zac Efron, like, I feel bad for this guy. 
And then pretty soon it was like, it was like he'd forget about it. And then I, I don't know. It's like the the weight of the conflicts in the film don't equal up to what the scenario should allow for. And it, it's kind of like, why are we taking time away from them? Why are we taking time away from the antics, which is what the movie presented, um, to get serious when we're not really going to get serious? Mm-hmm. I just I just didn't feel like they were trying to shoe her anything in. Like, I, I don't think they're... I mean, to me, I never thought the movie was trying to be anything more than just, like, a fun, ruckus comedy. I mean, there were definitely moments of humanity in it, for sure, but like I said, not to the extent of something like Knocked Up or 40-Year-Old Virgin or even Superbad, which is probably the best example of, you know, recent, uh, you know, kind of high school set comedies, like, you know, raunchy comedies with coming of age type scenarios and like yeah there's a lot of there's some dramatic weight into that too but um i don't know to me like to me if like this would have been the apatow version obviously would have been a lot longer and a lot more character moments and dramatic moments i feel like and this was more just like it was you know it was fairly short it was compact and they they got in like as many laughs as they could and and then they got out like they did some things, like I mentioned, like they they inverted a lot of like the cliches you see in this kind of genre mm-hmm. um, pretty well. Like, you know, they were trying to, uh, you know, mess with them and like with their water, but then they inverted it and turned it into a positive by selling all the dildos. And I think the other, I, you know, like they... <laughs> just always turning it into a positive. Always a positive, yes. Yeah, dildos. Or, or yeah, when they're trying to catch Zac Efron hazing a kid. There were definitely things right, that I thought... Right, stuff like that. I, and I like, thought they did invert the characters very well. And I, I just remembered one example of this sort of community-ish meta-ness that made me laugh a lot was when uh, uh, Efron and Franco are arguing about whether they should split up these two people. <laughs> and... They're so on the nose. Dave Franco's like, my parents divorced, and I feel terrible about this. Everyone, mine didn't divorce. I feel fine. Yeah, my parents love <laughs> each other, and I think yeah. it's cool. I think it's <laughs> hilarious, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I thought, like, it definitely the screenwriters, but they're clever people. Like, they, they had a lot of really funny things to say. I just, I, I guess I'm a little bit in Chris's boat, it, though it wasn't the seriousness that bothered me. It just felt like they were, they were stapling together a lot of jokes, and they didn't crafted into an arc that would have been like maximum fun for me yeah well, I mean, it was the, like much better than your typical saturday night live episode or something well, i mean <laughs> like, it was you know some funny and some duds a whole lot more funny for it, sure it was light years better than stuff like project x yeah oh and of uh, course. i mean i thought 21 and over was funny as just like a stupid comedy but this was this was a lot better than that mm-hmm. um but yeah, like, and the other thing I was going to mention was I think the character of Rose Byrne is another good uh, inversion on their part because normally she would be playing the like naggy wife who would always tell Seth Rogen, you know, like, oh, you just want to be with your buddies and, you know, party. Because, um, you know, typically you'd think that Seth Rogen would be trying to get back with, on the frat with, like, him and a yeah. bunch of, like, like Paul Rudd and Franco yeah, and exactly. yeah. Jonah would be Hill. The, like, like, the it'd be like all, you know, or Leslie Mann or something. Right, character. and, yeah, Leslie Mann would be in the back just nagging away. And I think they, they that cliche, I think they turned that on its head very well by having Rose Byrne be one of the 
the buddies essentially and mm-hmm. not just be in the background but see yeah. even, even with that it's that just goes to my my comment about how like they're it's like they're trying to make this statement about how like a kid ruins all the fun but they don't really ever do anything with that because ba- basically the, the the start of the film is like oh we can't go anywhere without our baby monitor and like oh we can't really do it and like once they party the one time it like I don't know who's watching that kid for the yeah, last nobody. hour of the movie, but like basically that kid is just—he was sleeping, I guess. Yeah, I was definitely. I, I was. I have friends who recently. I, I have friends who recently had a kid, and I've seen them obsessing with the baby monitor, and throughout the movie, I couldn't help but keep thinking, like, who is watching the baby right now? This is, yeah, no, this for is sure. really bad. I mean, obviously there were things like that that <laughs> were completely unrealistic, but I think that. I you know I think that you know. It was totally fine for in the confines of this comedy movie, comedy mm-hmm. movie world, the world building of this comedy movie. <laughs> well, I just, just let, let me let me ask you this. If there was no baby, but it was still a now a little bit older new homeowning couple who just wanted to relax at home, yeah. would the film have changed at all? Uh, not completely, but I do think that the baby adds like the extra degree. The the baby adds a layer of sympathy for them, I think. Right. Because obviously right. all of us now think, oh well, the baby's gonna be up all night. They I mean they have a right to be angry. Right. Like I mean, sometimes my neighbors have like had parties or played music and like I've been trying to go to sleep and I'm just like, oh, this is annoying. But you know, you look at me and it's like, well, you're just a stupid white yeah. kid. You're not going to call Hannibal Burris and <laughs> exactly. About it. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, you know, suck it up basically. But I think by having the baby, it's like, okay, they have a legitimate excuse. It's not just them that needs sleep because, you know, he needs to go to his job in the morning, but it's like their child might be damaged by all the shenaniganry going on. I also on. have to say the uh, and this isn't a spoiler cuz the uh, the airbag jokes are in the trailer. Right. Yeah. That is so dangerous in a house with a baby. That is no, unbelievably I, I, terrifying. No, no, that that's that's one of the things I was I was talking about too. Like I was like you know you know like every every time an airbag goes off, like Seth Rogen is always like there's there's two more. There's two more. <laughs> and I was just like all I could think of is like that's a dead baby. Like there is yeah. A oh, dead baby. Sure. That's a dead Seth Rogen, too. I mean, that's crazy. Right. <laughs> but you know what? I kind of enjoyed that this movie had, like, a, a very dark, like, streak underneath it all. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like you could peel away its layers, and there's a lot of darkness. Also, real fast, j- just a little a little nod to the, the lack of intelligence in the Seth Rogen character. Um, if you know that pillows in your house might possibly have airbags in it, you don't approach the pillow from straight on and jab it with a broom that's just asking for that broom to be ricocheted right into your face like you stand stand maybe to the side and poke it or or use the throw uh, something at it yeah throw like something at it like like anything throw your baby at it i mean we should always put logic into these stupid comedies i mean for sure i'm I'm just saying like that that wasn't like a me complaining about the movie that was me like what are you what are you doing like that's a good way to kill yourself by like shooting (laughs) a like broken off broomstick handle through your chest or something in a realistic sense Sense, but I mean, in a comedy sense, I, it's funnier if he doesn't approach it in a smart way. <laughs> I, I don't know if it is. I I, I think so. Uh, but I mean, I, I, I did want to comment earlier about I did think the film to me, this film mostly resembled The Sitter, which is a movie that no one liked either. But mm. I feel like that movie 
had like a very dark streak to it. And this film, I think, covers its darkness with a layer of accessibility, which is, I think, why, you know, it opened number one this weekend and a lot of people went and saw it, but, and, and no one saw the sitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, yeah, like if you, if you peel back and look, I mean, there is a lot of stuff. It's like, yeah, what if the baby was like crawling on the couch and it just, the airbag <laughs> killed it? Like, I mean, you know, stuff like that. And, and like the stuff I mentioned before with the whole, uh, addressing the themes of like growing older and like, what is, what are you going to do after you graduate from college? And, uh, not being able to do anything, you know, like stuff like that. I think, uh, especially Zach Efron, like I said, I think he's playing like a legit psychopath. Like I think he, he's so fixated on getting like the, you know, on the party wall or whatever. Like he, he's going to kill to get there basically. And, uh, I don't know. I think but that e- even that is undercut by that hazing scene, which I won't say anything more about, but like, I, I, I think that the, I think that even with the times that the film subverts expectations that the the film is a series of gags strung together into a loosely formed plot and that while while it yeah it succeeds more than than you know, like an episode of SNL does where it's a bunch of random skits but I I think it just it feels like these are all the jokes we came up with that would work in the context of a frat v family scenario um let's now stitch these all together and then like see what we can get out of it and i feel that it's it's less premise carried through to hilarity and more attempted hilarity uh reverse engineered into premise and Mm -hmm. i don't think that's the way you should go about it well to me it didn't feel frankenstein together at all so (laughs) and i think the people in my theater who saw it didn't seem to think so either so I think if you enjoy laughing, you should see Neighbors. <laughs> oh, I, I hate I hate laughing. So, uh, clearly, because <laughs> the issues. I'm, I'm just you looking had. forward to the new Frankenstein movie that's coming out. <laughs> Frankenstein, <laughs> dude, I I would watch that. If James uh, Franco stitched together another Franco, or they stitched <laughs> themselves together, that would actually be amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna be the ne- the next Stuck on You movie or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein. All right, were, were you going to say something else, uh, Stephen, while I was ranting for a second? I I think I was just agreeing with you. Nothing important. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, does anybody else have any other you know comments about something that? I think we hit all the major points of of it. Talking points, I guess. We surprisingly yeah. we talked a lot longer than I thought we would on this movie. I thought we mostly were just be like, it was funny. The end. <laughs> I had to ruin it. Or it wasn't funny. The end. I don't know. Like I just thought, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Typically with comedies, there really isn't a whole lot to say other than it was funny or it wasn't. Yeah, I laughed or I didn't. But see, that's what I think. There, there were themes in this film that I, you know, being a you know thirty year old myself, um, potentially of age to have child. <laughs> Well, technically, mm-hmm. you're of age to have a child when you're, like, 13, but, you true, know. True, true. Yeah. But yeah. I should say, technically, of age to have been expected to have a child. Yeah, I okay, guess. yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like, I don't know how old their characters are supposed to be. I think, but... I guess they're supposed to be early 30s, I don't know. I, I assume yeah. early, mid-30s. So, I, I could be yelling at young whippersnappers next door. Uh, right. Trying to get them get to shut up. Get off my lawn. While my baby 
You know, the baby never seemed bothered by the noise either. No. <laughs> no, she's fine. The baby is like, I like this music. Maybe that was also an in-joke that really the people most bothered by it were the adults. Yeah. And the baby didn't care. Mm-hmm. Heisen Baby could have watched herself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heisen Baby was pretty cool. I'm pretty sad that the credits didn't have more variations on Heisen yeah. Baby. I was sure that was going to be the credit sequence. Other than, didn't happen. yeah, him just dressed, the baby just dressed in different clothes. I wanted yeah. to see Don Draper, baby. That would have. Yeah, no, yeah. I was hoping for that. Oh, <laughs> we all started just hoping for that. <laughs> yeah, that's all I want in life. Yes. <laughs> all right, should we go around and uh, give our verdicts, or do we have more uh, to say? Yeah, let's about go the ahead movie? and get to our verdicts. I think. Yeah. So Carson, if you were going to give this a must see, a recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it? Uh, well, I'm I'm crazy because I'm. I'm the guy who liked the Green Hornet, so I'm going to give it a must-see. Uh, more laughs than The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, uh, yeah. But in all seriousness, <laughs> not as solid of a movie, like like I mentioned, or we mentioned, as Super Bad or Knocked Up. But, I mean, just as a swift, funny movie, you just want to, you know, get out of the... Get out of... Beat the heat and cool off with some laughs then i think neighbors will fit the bill all right steven yeah i mean i i agree with a very different rating uh so i i would give this a wait for rental i think it's a completely fine comedy i actually think it would translate better as a rental just hanging out with buddies you know late at night in your friend house basically yeah if you can feed off of other people and you're laughing you know having good time you don't care so much about the plot right it's just something that's on uh it it was fine there's a lot of funny moments it was entertaining i would say it's lesser not only than those big apatow heartfelt movies but also the kind of ridiculous fun ones like 21 jump street or this is the I mean, end yeah, from last was year not I as really, good as those either but i, I really don't think yeah I, I really don't think this came close to those levels of insanity or those levels of heart it was just in this kind of middle ground where it's it, definitely better than other other comedies that are trying for mild heartfelt like I can't even think of a good example. Every year, there's so many of them that they're <laughs> terrible, and I watch them on airplanes. Um, this was, it was definitely it was better than the road trip. Uh, if we're oh, naming the guilt Seth trip Logan movies, yeah, guilt trip, yeah, that's what it was called, right? Um, yeah, it it was fine. It was funny. I didn't think it was that funny. You certainly aren't missing something amazing if you don't watch it. Wait yeah. for rental. Um, I'm I'm gonna give it a wait for rental. Also, I'm completely willing to to uh you know concede the fact that it's possible that i am the seth rogan to carson's uh, zach efron and that i'm the zach efron I'm, clearly yeah, we I'm look just, alike i'm just a little too uh i like i mean and, and like just just to reiterate like i wasn't complaining that those heavier themes were there i like those heavier themes in movies i want more to identify with and I love it when a film that is really just all about laughing can throw in some like really poignant thing to say even if it's like just right at the end that kind of makes you walk out going like, oh man, that was kind of heavy at that one moment. Um, but I think this film like starts to dip its toe into the little kiddie pool of uh, what it's like to have a little kiddo uh, added to your life. But um, it doesn't really do anything or go anywhere with that in a way that makes me wonder why it took away from the hilarity of like crazy situations um, that were happening during it. So for me, it's Wade mm-hmm. Frontal. Uh, if you go out and see it, you may enjoy it more than I did. 
because I might just be a curmudgeon old dude or approaching that. So keep that. That's, that's my almost caveat to recommend for you. I'm now I'm just all I'm thinking of is whatever movie that was that was hilarious up until the very end and then drop some real life drama on. Yeah, yeah I can't I, figure I it can't out remember it either. I just remember seeing something where it was like, oh, this is just a silly movie that is not about anything. And then, and then, then all of a sudden himself. going like, oh, my God, <laughs> uh. I, I don't know, because I mean, usually not the world's end, right? No, I don't think it was the no. world's end, was it? I mean, they. Cause, they kind of got a little heavy, heavy themes, at the end. But they brought it up early yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, in like the, in the, the, movie. the 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 world's end definitely fits into that uh, category. Um, but that, as you said, mm-hmm. Stephen, that that is throughout the whole thing. There's just this really dark subplot of of kind of like you know, like hey, it's not cool to be <laughs> you know like a forty year old uh, <laughs> college <laughs> student like in personality. I should say you, it's it's told. There's no reason you can't be a forty year old college student. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just not socially acceptable. Yeah, yeah. So. Mm. Anyways, before I dig myself into a deeper hole coming up with analogies that sound way worse yeah. than what I was trying to say. Um, yeah, I think uh, that is our review for this week. So, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me at uh, practicalcandy.wordpress.com and also standing out in front of Abercrombie and Fitch shirtless. <laughs> with your twin, Zach Efron. It's my twin, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> cool, Steven. Yeah, if people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller, facebook.com slash sdavidmiller, sdavidmiller.com, or standing outside of Arby's. Shirtless. <laughs> I don't, I don't so know. That's a good place to stand. <laughs> Trying to think of another A a place that would be much weirder to stand outside of yeah. than Abercrombie. <laughs> uh, Carson. I, I'm, I've already stated my, my business. Oh, this is terrible. Uh, well, people can find me standing, you know, outside of any location wearing <laughs> clothes but with a painted on mole doing Robert Denau Robert impressions and just holding dildos <laughs> shaking them no I won't be doing that in fact I won't be doing the impressions either I won't even paint them all on I will just be over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or most accurately Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL uh, the podcast though uh, you know, well, I mean, it's going to continue to be at the spoilerwarning.com and get all the back episodes of the show. But as we said before, it's going to get a little refresh coming soon and a new feed locations and all new that coat kind of, of paint. jazz. Uh, yeah, a nice, fresh new coat of paint. And uh, But as always, twitter.com slash spoilerwarning is where you can figure out when all these episodes go live, um, including when like the new site goes officially live. Even though if you're, you know, if you're, if you're slick, you can probably figure out where to find the new site while it sits in its staging environment. Um, <laughs> Facebook.com slash thus for the warning is where you can go to like us on Facebook, uh, which makes sense that URL wouldn't be attached to Facebook. Anyways, uh, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the warning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. And, uh, you know, if you're... If, if you don't want to figure out how to compose your own email uh, on the new site, there will be a forum submission that you can contact us through. So, Whoa. Uh, That's snazzy. Nice. Wow. Web th- we're almost <laughs> up to Web 2.0. Like the internet is here and it has arrived. Technology. It is 2005 yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, are we all living in 2005? I mean. I, I, I know that having to type 
fans at thespoilerwarning.com into, into your email client and or web version of your email uh, is pretty scary, especially because, That's you know. from I, the Stone Age. Because maybe you're not such a fan. You're like, well, I can't really send this email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com because I'm not a true fan. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of just like, you guys are all right. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so now you don't have to lie to yourself when you send this an email. I made one mildly mm-hmm. uh, acceptable comment on iTunes. <laughs> It was, it was slightly mediocre. Wait, you did? No, I'm just saying, I was pretending to be a quote-unquote oh, oh. fan. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, he, he had one mm. favorable review, and then was like, I can't do this. I'm like semi-fan at spoilerwarning.com. Yeah. We only well, take two fans, though. Well, you, you Super can fans. add, you can uh, add yeah, plus some, anything to an email address, and it still works, right? I so don't like, know. I think uh, that's yeah. smart. Being that, being that it is Gmail, I think you could do fans plus not really at... <laughs> at thespoilerwarning.com I don't know if you can break the we'll find okay. out I'm gonna try it oh whoa why'd you just send a picture of your penis Steven oh, oh gosh oh sorry 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 uh, I'll figure that out when I'm on my uh, happy, lunch break happy Mother's Day <laughs> <Abercrombie. Sorry. laughs> uh, I will I will say though that uh, as not all that funny as the, the dildo stuff was um, the, the whole nod to 3D printing a dildo was pretty, that was hilarious I, I yeah that, that was pretty funny Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> so, oh, no. Spoilers. If, if you're in the theater with Chris, he's going to laugh. He's going to laugh really hard at 3D printers it's printing like, dildos. Why did this guy not laugh at all? Then all of a sudden, the 3D printed penis made him just crack up. You know what You know what was funny? That I laughed at that no one else did. Like, literally no one was when they were all, like, in their meeting. And then they're like, yeah, Delta Psy or whatever. And they're like, can you take me higher? Yeah, I love yes. that because it was their creed. That was I so that was funny, and no one else laughed at it. And and that was very true to life of the kind of like frat yes. inside joke that right, they would now, come up with. Now, one more question, just real fast. After they made the dildos, so they're they're delta psi, <laughs> but were they chanting dildo psi? They may have. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, not, that's I'm what not I was sure. hearing, but that could have been just me like making the pun myself. You, you thought you were hallucinating it? Yeah. Yeah. It, there were too many uh, all the all the weed from that the hot <laughs> the hot house. You're like, oh, it's coming, it's permeating through the screen. It's like I'm in a 4D theater. <laughs> Any, <right>. Anywho, <laughs> well, I think that is the episode. So thank you guys all for listening, and thank you guys for joining me. Yes, mm. thank you. Thank yes. you for having us. <laughs> and the rest of you guys, we will see you in our next review, of which is Godzilla. 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 But you can hurt me tomorrow. You can hurt me, 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 you can hurt me tomorrow. You can hurt me tomorrow.